Here we go on the five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to everything you need to know about music, where tonight I'm sitting with my friend Kevin. Say hello, Kevin. Hello, listeners. And Demetra. Say hello, Demetra. Hello, hello. We are going to do tonight something a bit different. We are going to discuss the Mount Rushmore, or the top four rock and roll artists of the decade, the 1950s. Now, before we get into that, yeah, can I just go on a little tangent? Yeah, please do. Okay. I know how you like to do that. I do, I do. <laughs> um, well, and this is, this is something that you sent me. Oh, you, did you know your podcast is big in Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did see that. Yes. Right. So, yes. and I got to say, I'm glad they love your podcast because I love it as well. Yeah. And here's the thing. I love their food, yes. right? Okay. Pa- I mean, a little Pad Thai. Yep. A little Tom Young guy. Yep. Larb. Yeah. Come on. All good stuff, right? Here's the thing, though. I don't know any Thai music at all. Not unless it's being played in the Thai restaurant we happen to be eating in. Right. Right. So I don't it, know any. So nor do you, right? No, I do not. All right. But I do know a band that is Cambodian influence. So we're we're bordering there at that point, oh, right? Okay. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the band called Dengue Fever? <sighs> no. no. So do you know what Deng- Dengue Fever is a disease? Yeah, right. right. Mosquito-borne yeah. disease. Um, so they're named after that. And what they do is they take kind of the surfer rock of the '60s, okay, and have some traditional Cambodian rock to go along with it. The lead singer is Cambodian. She's from Cambodia. Are um, they based in the states? Or are they based based in the states, California? Okay. 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 So. Can I play a cut from them? Please. Uh, please. All right. This is from their album. <laughs> and this is how you want to start this. Yeah. I, okay. I just, because, okay. you know, it's the whole Thai thing. He said tangent. He did, he did say tangent. The whole Thai thing. Yep. And so I found Cambodia. It was as close as I could get. Okay. Um, this is called Seeing Hands. This is a song from their album, Venus on Earth. Okay. It's the leadoff song. Very nice. I Right. So yeah. you, got, you got a little jammy I, here in the I, beginning. I, I feel a little bit of that 60s surf stuff in the back. Right. Let's get forward to the vocals. I'm waiting for this shoe to drop, though. I'm like wondering why. Why Why are you playing? Right, here, here's our little, this is like the uh, the pre-chorus right here. I you got the sax felt ready. Kind of that angular guitar. Yeah. Funky, very little rock. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. It's an interesting album. Okay, they're an interesting band. And again, it was the closest thing I could come to, or for, <laughs> for, for the, the Thai listeners. For the Thai listeners. Wow. And so, what I want to reach out to your Thai listeners. Okay. So like, again, I know you're big there. <laughs> Please send Jason who you think the bands that we should take a look at, yeah. we should listen to, and that we can talk about in the podcast. Okay. Wow, so. well done. All right, I would All not right. have ever heard that. Oh. Okay, dengue De- with dengue fever. Dengue fever. All right, good stuff. So. As that leads us into why we're here tonight. We talked about this, the idea of this, maybe a month ago. And we said, I think you had made the flip comment. Who would make your Mount Rushmore, your top four? It, it was during our Dead podcast, right? Okay. And when I introduced that, uh, the Roots of Rock, right? And the yeah. Dead played, yeah. played stuff from the Roots of Rock. And they right. played two of the people on my, on my 50s Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore. Right. So right. I think Thomas that's how we got Land going was on. Chuck it. Berry and the Correct. other one, I can't remember what was it. What Not was Fade it? Away by Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Okay, yeah. that's right. And we had said, hey, who would make your yep. top four or Mount Rushmore if you had to create the, the greatest of? Yep. Uh, and you had said, Chuck Berry and I said, of course, I totally agree with that. And then I had said, well, 
Elvis would have to make the list, and you had said no. I disagreed. Yeah. And you had said, but Buddy, you would put Buddy Holly, and I said, I don't think he would make my list. There I said, go. he'd be way up there. And then you had said, we definitely should, <laughs> we should debate this. So tonight's podcast is for the purposes of doing Tonight's that. the debate. Demetra's the moderator, She's right? The moderator. Just like uh, and, the and lady I, from PB, PBS right. and the presidential debate. And I think would be great to interject if we go too far, mm-hmm. too fast, or too deep into something you hold the hold up explain that okay okay because there might be things because this is a decade that we really like and understand but maybe the newer younger generation i think has forgotten a bit of it for sure and we think that they know that but there are things that maybe you don't so remind us that okay okay that we're we're just old souls and and so this is the mount rushmore of rock and roll of rock and roll, correct. Okay. So but in order to set that up, because that is a very good question, we should talk about that. I wanted to discuss a bit of the 50s and something that gave me a bit of, of, of angst, which is we then have to be very careful and critical about what we're saying when we say the Mount Rushmore of rock and roll of the 1950s. So I wanted to do a couple of things, and that was first, in, show all of the things we're not including. Okay. Can we do that? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So... We started the 1950s with the number one song of 1950 was Patti Page, The Tennessee Waltz. And I want to play this because this is one of the decade's biggest hits. But it shows where music was at the turn of the century. Okay. Did you know this song? Yeah. Before you did. Yeah. I did not. Yeah. Like so it. all that late 40s, yep. big band, big band. post-World War II, jazzy, classicals, I love. Okay. Absolutely love. But the beginning of the 1950s was this sound. Okay. And this is really important because it changes so, so much by the end of the decade from this. Pa- Patty Page? Patty Page. It so, sounds like 1940s to me. Right, right, and it's the crooners. It's that crooner style, the big band, big voice singers. There's a lot of um, Italian traditions mixed in with some of the, the, the big band leaders. There's, it's, it's, not, it's a lot of vocal, heavy, old standard type of music. Okay? So where we, where we have to go from there is you have to talk about the people that we're not going to say. We're not going to talk about Perry Como, Rosemary Clooney, Kitty Cowan, Frankie Lane, Doris Day, Dinosaur, Julie London, the Mills Brothers, the Four Aces, the Ames Brothers, Connie Francis, Bobby Darren, Pat Boone, and Dean Martin. We're leaving all these people out. A lot of big names there. Never mind. Never mind that we're leaving out. (laughs) This gives me angst. I'm telling you, this really bothers me. We also have to exclude. Come fly with me. Frankie. Frank Sinatra. 1958. We're not talking about this. Okay? Nobody did a rock and roll version of it? No. No, we're not talking about that. All right? Old blue eyes. Right. We also are not going to talk about country music. We're not going to talk about Gene Autry, Patsy Cline, Mm -hmm. Hank Williams, Chet Atkins, or even... Johnny Cash. Mm. John Cash. Right? So, so far, I've listed all these people, huge to the 50s, huge. and you, they're not on your list either, right? For the no, top no. four? Good. Okay. Narrowing it down. All right. Just saying. All right. Hold on one second. I just want Johnny to sing to me a little bit. The hum. 
I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I... We are not talking about folk music. We're not talking about the Kingston Trio, Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger, or even Harry Belafonte. Yeah, no, you know this. When's the first time you heard this song? Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> there you go. But, but this was big. Calypso dude. music in oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, was listen. huge. But he's not on your list, right? He's but, not on your Rushmore. I, I, I want to just make it clear that neither you nor I nor your lovely wife were alive in the 1950s. No, so. correct. Correct. But I know this was big then. Okay. All right. <laughs> Work all night and I drink a rum. It's a great huge song. Great song. Great, great song. album, by the way. All of the Ooh. songs we're going to play tonight were from the 50s. That was the other hard thing for correct. me. In that... I didn't. I, I tried to make sure that the music we're including tonight only was in the fifties because there's yeah. just because we stopped the decade in nineteen sixty doesn't mean that they did. Sure. So there's a lot of artists that spilled over into the sixties that were yep. big in there too. But I try to say just for the fifties. Perfect. We're not including. Also, I have to put him in in a bit of folk because this was a very big deal when this happened. Richie Valens, La Bamba. Why do I put it in folk? Because it's all. In Spanish, the first time that's happened. Huge hit. 1958. It's a Mexican folk song. All right. I Listen, I will agree that that song is a folk song. However, oh, it's rock and, and, and roll. And, and, and Richie's not on my 50s Mount Rushmore. I didn't think any spoiler. of these would be good. Spoiler. Okay. All right. However, he he's he's on the cusp. Oh, for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. I put Cl- it here. Closer to rock and roll, I think, than any of those have played agreed. so far. Agreed. All right. So we're not including him either. All right. No. We're not including jazz, cool jazz, bebop, blues. That means no Glenn Miller, no Coltrane, no Miles, no Thelonious, no Charles Mingus, no Art Tatum, no, no Oscar Peterson, no any of these guys. No Stan Getz, no even Dave Brubeck. Take five. Take five. Mm. Huge, huge song. What's the time signature on this? 5-4. That's why it's called Take Five. This whole album, by the way, is about all the songs being a different time signatures. What's what's Rondo a la Turk? With that I don't know off the top of my head because they would explore different times. If you listen to it, you probably know it though, right off the top of your head. Yeah. I mean, come on. All right. All right. I mean, it's just it's great. Right. We're not including any of that. And although I, I want to say this is jazz, we're not including one of my favorites, which gives me massive anxiety. We're not going to include Nat King Cole. No. No. I mean, it's to leave him out of the 50s yeah, yeah, yeah. is a sin, okay? No, so I, all of these people were leaving out on purpose because we're saying just rock and roll. I, I had to right? skinny it down. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. I just want to be clear about that. Just hold on. Listen to this. When I fall in love. God, I mean, come on. His voice? Yeah. It will be forever. All right. We're not including any of that. So, and let me just say, if you want to debate any of those genres, I think for the most part, I don't know about the very early, like the Perry Como and the uh, and the and the Patty Page stuff. I'm probably not as well versed as you are in that. But any okay. of the other ones, I'd like to I'm, hear a jazz. Yeah, I am definitely willing to do it. I'm now, whether or not your listeners, no, maybe they would listen to it. Well, right? Maybe, maybe the ties would. But, um, <laughs> right. No, I would. But I, any of those, I'd love to take a shot at. But yes, cool. I want to try to focus this exclusively on rock and roll. The number. Five Billboard songs of the decade. Yep. Number one. Number one is Goodnight Irene by the Weavers. 
The number one selling song, the number one ranking song, the Weavers, was the Weavers. Good night, Irene. Just this. This is where music was. Okay, this is the number one song of the decade. Irene, First, maybe I'm totally wrong. It's a traditional Irish song. Maybe it's an American standard. Right. Number two is Nat King Cole, Mona Lisa. Mm. Great song. Number three is the theme, third man theme. Number four and number five are Gary and Bing Crosby. We have to bring up Bing Crosby. He sure. was huge in the 40s and 50s and one of the biggest selling artists of the entire century. He was massive. Here's Nat again. So I'm going through all those very quickly just to say of the 50s, those are hugely important people. And yet none of them are on my Rushmore nor yours, correct? No. Okay. So now we can narrow it down and say, who are we including? Now, so can I tell you that please, please. I think you have really um, helped explain perfectly as to what my thinking was, okay. right? Yep. And so for my 50s Mount Rushmore, um, my feeling, are, are Greek mythology, yes. you're of Greek descent, right? Yep. Um, Greek gods, uh, you know, so the folks that I'm talking about tonight, I view them like the Titans. You remember who the Titans were? Sure. So the Titans were kind of the precursors to the gods. Um, so, you know, we've got the Mount Rushmore, and they had Mount Olympus. Um, but when we talk about Titans, we're not talking about Zeus and Hera and kind of some of the ones that, that we're more familiar with that are the actual gods, but the ones that, pre, that, that, that predated them. Oceanus, who's the guy that took all the rivers and made it into an ocean. Huh. Hyperion. I like where you're going with this. He's the father of Helios, the sun god, yep. and Selene, the moon goddess. Okay, And then you maybe have the most important titans, who are Cronus, who was the youngest titan, but he was the one that really kind of took the bull by the horns and you know, kind of ruled all the other titans. And then Rhea, who was considered to be the mother of all the gods. So together, those two were the parents of Zeus, who was yep. king, king of the gods, right? Yep. Yep. Poseidon, who yep. was over the oceans. Hades, who was the underworld. underworld yep. Hera who was Zeus's wife and sprung many gods and other beings from that. So, so that's kind of the parallel here, that, that tonight, the guys that I want to discuss, okay, because rock and roll, as, as, as we just went through, there was not a rock and roll song in your not top one. five, no. right? Top five of the 50s. Nope. So, you know, it, it, was, it was brand new. And so these guys that we're talking about tonight, for me at least, they were the ones that gave birth to the rock greats that we know of, the Beatles, yeah. the Stones. Yep. Stevie Wonder, sure. Smokey Robinson, yeah. Aretha Franklin. So many people that came in to the 60s and formed what we now probably know as rock and roll. These guys were the Titans. Which is why, do you want to just start right off the bat on how we could possibly not agree that Elvis doesn't make that list? How can that possibly be? I, I, am, I am more than happy. If you Let's want to start, start with Elvis. So, so, start uh, Elvis. so is Elvis... Now, uh, not, are not you only, ranking your four? I guess... like sure. I would, I, Sure, it, it, there, it, I would, I'd be hard-pressed to find any other person that would take the lead role as the rock and roll pioneer, okay. rock, most important rock and roll icon or influencer okay. of the 1950s. All right. He, all of the stuff that I just played, right. changed because of him. Okay. Artistry changed because of him. What rock and roll was, what the guitar was, to be, a, 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 I think he changed everything of what music became because of his style, okay. his passion, his sex appeal, his, his, his mannerisms, okay. the way that he phrased things, his energy, everything he represented, his look, everything. 
Now, I am guessing on some of the reasons you wouldn't include him. And we'll talk about some of that stuff, but I don't want to sure. put words in your mouth. So let me just say that I can't think I, that it's my job to even make the claim that he is the most influential. I feel that the heavy lifting has to fall on your shoulders for you to tell me how he couldn't possibly make the top four. So, and I think when I talk of, of at least two of the guys um, that, that I have on here, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of explain that. Um, I don't think he was necessarily the best front man, at least not the best progenitor of the front men that, that, you know, the guys that, that'll get there. Okay. One of my other guys, I think, was. Um, well, let's just agree with who we know we're, we're, we both see common ground on. Okay. So we know that I'm I'll Melvis Presley, your buddy Holly, Correct. when we talk about what goes going forward. Yep. We both agree Chuck Berry. We both, we both have Chuck uh, Berry. And the, and the remaining two we're going to leave alone. Correct. Okay, and we'll wait till later on and to reveal yes. those. And okay. So, and, and so both my other two, I'm going to talk a little bit about Elvis in there. But I, here, here's the main thing that circulates for me as okay. to why Elvis... Now, Elvis, Elvis is number five, by the way. He got bumped off by, by the last guy that I'll get to. Um, and my biggest reason for Elvis not being on it is that Elvis is a performer only. He's not a composer. My other four guys are all composers. In addition... To being performers. I thought you might say that, especially because of the points that you made in the previous podcasts that we did, and how mm-hmm. important to you composition, and how important to you um, the creativity side of what the music was being made, how important that is to Correct. you. Correct. And I know that Elvis recorded more than 700 songs right. in his lifetime, did not write or produce any of them. Right. So I understand that. However... Nor did Frank Sinatra. Right. And to not say that he wouldn't be one of the Mount Rushmore's of the century, never mind decade. Right. Is, uh, so I don't think for me, having to have a pen and have written part of the song or composed or having, is that essential? What he did in other realms mm-hmm. makes him as important to, to the genre of rock and roll. If it was jazz, I would agree with you. Right. If it was classical music, I would agree with you. But rock and roll has an energy, a passion, and a stage presence right. that I believe everyone owes a bit of tribute to Elvis. I, I mean, you cannot deny his influence on rock and roll. Right. 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 Um, and again, I, I have him. He, 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 would have been, he would have been chiseled on there. I'm, no, I'm just so shocked he wouldn't be number one. No. Never mind part of the four. And again, it, it is strictly, you know, for, for me, the way I, I define these titans, right, and yep. giving birth to the, to the rock and roll greats that came after them is that these guys had the ability both to perform and also to, uh, to, to, to compose. So I, I will say there, I, I have one, one of my four I think is a better performer than him, or at least was, I think, I think brought more to the frontman role than Elvis did. Um, and obviously all four of them are better composers because they did and, and Elvis didn't. But listen, if, if you're saying to me that you have to be of a composer of the music in order to make your list, I understand that's your personal preference. Yes. But to, de- to deny Elvis his fair, even if you don't like him, and I'm not saying you don't because he's, no, he's number five. Right. But, but I, even if you don't, as a person, even listening to this, don't like him and don't like his style... You can't deny the the f the the, the mark that he made. Yeah, uh, again, especially for the fifties. Influence was incredibly powerful, and he had staying power, and he probably had more staying power than 
pretty much everybody yeah. that we're going to talk about today. Sure. Through but, the 60s, through gospel so, music. He won three Grammy Awards just for gospel music. So let me ask you. Please. Go, going back to my to my analogy about the Titans. Can I play this? There's yeah. a song while we play. Okay. No, no, no. I want, I want you to talk over. That's when your you heartache okay. begins. He walks into Sun Studios. Listen, he walks in to make a gift for his mother. Listen to this. Now, okay, he didn't write it. He walks Great into song. Sun Studios, pays $4 to lay an album with an A-side and a B-side. And Sam Phillips hears him make it and mm-hmm. goes... We want to sign you and, and make a record. Right. From this song. When it's a heavenly voice. It's a heavenly voice. So they do this song, and this was his first big hit. That's All Right Mama. Listen to this. Great song. That's all right, mama. Who wrote this? That's okay, all right uh, fair point. Fair point. No, no, no. I, 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 no, I your point. I, no, I'm asking seriously. Was it Merle Haggard? I, I can't remember who wrote it. It is a country song, and I don't know who wrote it. Haggard, I'll tell but later. Blue suede shoes, hound dog, jailhouse rock, maybe one of those. Don't be cruel. Shake, growl, and roll. All shook up. That's all right, mom. I want you. I need you. I love you. Laudy, Miss Claudie, long time. I can go on. All of these songs from the 50s are on a list of the most important rock and roll songs. They're still there. They're still there today. Sure. And it's because of his versions, even though other people did them. Right. Fair? Yeah, absolutely fair. So okay. let me go back to my, my analogy. So go ahead. the guys I'm talking about are Titans. Is Elvis Zeus. Yeah, because these guys these guys made him yeah. because they were he sang some of the guys' songs that we're going to talk about You're today. Absolutely right. Yeah, right? as did so many of the other crooners and we'll, in the correct. '40s and the '50s. Did, right. They took American standards and they made them their own. What did they do to them? They he put they put their spin, right. their voice, their style. Elvis did the same thing. Now, I thought you might go into some of the racial part that Elvis was basically uh, a. Appropriating some of the black music and some of the soul music that was coming out that didn't have a voice during that time. There's a big issue with that, especially currently. Sure. There's a ton of backlash against him, I'm using air quotes, stealing songs from other black musicians that couldn't have a voice at the yep. time and making them his. And that is a that is a point. I understand that. Yep. However, to say that any artist wasn't sharing music at that time is unfair. They all did. Every yep. artist, regardless of color, did that. He just did it with a special flair and passion. This little boy from Memphis, from actually Tupelo, Miss, Mississippi, was born. But he did it better, and that's why he was so great. Well, he was a handsome guy, right? right? Sex Char- appeal, charismatic. Char- right. I mean, he he got the the teenage girls just swooning, and, right? And who else was doing that? More than Justin Bieber Bre- today, right? Or I don't oh know. He was the current guy. He was huge. So, thirty-one movies. Yeah. Thirty-one movies. Were any of them good though? No, they weren't. That wasn't what they were for. Right. They were just to show him because he was that big of an right. icon, and that's what rock and roll is. Some of the performers that are rock and roll icons. They're not that great. It's the show that they put on, and right. he was the best. Yeah. No. I again, I don't fault anybody for putting him on there, and 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 I wrestled a little bit with it. But again, my my criteria, a little different. Yeah. Okay. And it's my, my my Mount Rushmore, and yeah. I don't, you know. All right. I okay. I I take your point that he didn't write the songs as a big deal for you. Mm-hmm. I take that. So. Your Rushmore has a bit of an asterisk next to it. Can we say that? That's fine. Oh, that's fine. Maybe yours that's fine. has a bit of an asterisk next to it. All right, it. that's fair. All right, okay, that's nah. fine. All right. I, I just, I'm including all, all artists regardless of their musical input. Got it. But I will say that one of them, 
Chuck Berry, if we want to jump to him next, sure. has all of it. He's got to be your number one because he wrote every song mm-hmm. that he performed. So do you want to go to Chuck Berry? I would love to go to Let's Chuck go Berry. Let's go to Chuck Berry. All right, and I, I, will, I will give the caveat. He's not my, if I had to rank my four, he wouldn't be my number one. Really? Probably two. Okay. Not one. Tell me about Chuck Berry for you because this, to me, he's a special guy. Charles Edward Anderson Berry. Okay. Died in 2017, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Wow. Pretty, yeah. pretty recent. From, from yep. St. Louis, right? Yep. yep. A place that I frequent often now. Uh, but, all right. So, Chuck Berry, again, we talked about the Titans. Um, we, didn't, we didn't fully talk about their formation, though. It was a combination of Gaia, who was a primor- primordial deity of Earth, and Uranus, okay. who was also the primary, he was the primordial, God, I can't say that word, deity of the sky. Um, so, can I introduce a myth Oh, of how of please. how Mr. Barry might have formed? Uh, We'd yeah. love to hear this. Ready? Yes. I know it right off the bat of where that is. I, I, I it's ingrained into my brain forever that song, that version. It's Marvin, your cousin Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. Love it. So let me ask you, can we, the enchantment under the sea dance, yes. right? We're talking about all sorts of elements and earth elements. Is that how, is that I how Chuck Berry really yeah. got started? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I so, love that part. Of it. I love it. Yeah, back yeah, to it, the future. Yeah. Back, back to the future. future. Yes. Yeah, so you can yes. thank Marty McFly for yep. launching the sound of one Mr. Charles Edward Anderson Berry. How cool was that scene of the movie when he's, when Michael J. Fox is rocking out to Johnny Be Good. Right. I mean, does that just make you want to pick up the guitar? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I wish I could I play like that. You could probably uh, play like that. I can't. I want um, to go through his guitar style, if you don't mind, if you'll humor me for about two minutes. I would, I would love, love to. Because he is so important to guitarists. Right. And what he did was so revolutionary and so game-changing to rock and roll. Right. But there's three or four key elements that, you know how Maybe today, and cause, especially because you like Chuck Berry, but I'll ask you, when you hear a Chuck Berry song, do you kind of right away know, oh, that's Chuck Berry? Because they all sound very similar. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yep, can, can, can I do this real quick? All right. I want to play for you something that I think really will hammer the point home. Okay. All right. I'm going to go to an album that came out July of 1959. Now, Ooh. this was Chuck Berry's third studio album and it was a collection of all his previous right. released 45s I, yeah I, I think should we say that um, at this time people right. weren't really producing albums right no, they, they, no, it was, it was singles it yeah. was all singles yeah. and then they were they started compiling them to, towards the end of the 50s yeah. and would sell it as one big album right. this album had 12 tracks on it it was 31 minutes long but i want to go through it really 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 quickly is it one dozen berries or which which album is it <laughs> berry is on top berry is on top and yep. it has a little like fruit set, like a what do you call strawberry it strawberry shortcake, shortcake. yeah okay. which is on the 1001 uh albums you have for your diet right. yep. so almost grown is track number 1 listen to okay. this okay Almost grown. So good. Yeah, and I'm doing all right in school. Listen to that groove. Now, the first element of Chuck Berry that I want you to understand as we go through this real quick is the 12 bar blues. Okay. He took the 12 bar blues, which is that famous blues pattern, which is the one, four, five, yep. and basically speeded it up a little bit. So watch this. I'm going to get the guitar for a second. Uh, this is. All right. This is a treat, by the way. Yeah. All right. So look, 
he would basically take and go, let's do it in A. Take the, 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 the let's say he's in A, and he would take the five note, and he would add the six. I just want you, this listeners, I want you all to know, you get live music from <laughs> one right. Mr. Jason. Right? So that oh, is yeah. Chuck Berry. That is that song. So listen. I don't browse oh, yeah. around too much. Okay? That's the first element. That one, four, five, that's that, that blues patterning with from the fifth to the sixth. Okay? Now, Love we're going to go to track two, which is Carol. Okay. Would you know that that's Chuck Berry right off the bat? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Okay, great song. Those are called double stops. Double stops are where you're playing two notes instead of one note. And it's not three notes because then that would make a chord, right? Mm -hmm. So they're double stops. It's like... Those are quintessential Chuck Berry sounds. Those are double stops. Very nice. Okay? Very nice. So track three, Maybelline. Oh, great song. Here we listen to that blues again. Okay, you would know that that's him. There's a one to the four, down to five, four, back to one. Stop. Track four. Right? Track five, Anthony Boy. There is that third element, which is the augmented seventh chord. He would play these chords that are not the seventh, but an augmented seventh. He plays them a lot, and he begins a lot of his songs with that chord, okay. which is so cool because it is quintessential him. And then the classic, which puts all of that together, is his famous Johnny Be Good. This was one of my two songs, by the way, so I'm glad, I'm glad we not only ran the guy, but on the song. I mean, come on. Listen to that. Still in the one four five. So so good. And by the way, when you're done, I, I want to go back to Johnny Bigger because I have some things to talk about. All right, about the please. Song, so. All right, I, I didn't so, honestly. I can go through the rest of this album, but you you get the point. We don't have to go through all twelve tracks, but they are all from the same mother, with the exception of Blues for Hawaii. <laughs> or sorry, or did, did yeah, you write that for all of us? Blues for Hawaiians. Hawaiians. Okay, listen. Which slacky. is the last element, which are. Bends. Bending. Listen the way that he bends. So now, is this why? Are these reasons why he's on your Mount Rushmore because of the double stops, the augmented yes. seventh, the, the bends? Is and, that why? He's and on? he's rocking, and he's a showman, and he's got stage presence. Yeah. He's hopping around. He's kicking oh, yeah. his leg. He's swinging the guitar. He's absolutely high energy with blues. He to me is the definition of what rock and roll is, which is the combination of blues music but sped up to be rock music it sits right in the middle between the two and i think chuck berry is the guy that does that so better front man than elvis or no <sighs> no no, no. You still got elvis no. okay yeah i still have one of my guys higher than chuck no I, I i agree chuck is a showman without a doubt okay i still have one of my guys that that is higher so than, kevin than why chuck is he man. jason asked you a few minutes ago so why is he on your mount rushmore it, i mean again i can't nearly explain it as well as he does in terms of uh the 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 technical aspects of the guitar, but but that that sound mm-hmm. is what got guys like John Lennon, Paul McCartney, uh, if Ray rock Davies. If had to be called differently, it would be called Chuck Berry. That's what John Lennon said. Wow. There you go. He influenced all these folks 
so much. Um, so again, I, I rank him very highly. Uh, when he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the first class, mm-hmm. 1986. 1986. <laughs> we should go through that list, by the way, before we're we should, done, because right, we all four of mine are on there. I don't know if all four of yours no. are on there. Um, no. But it was said that he laid the groundwork not only for the rock and roll sound, but for the, but for the rock and roll stance as well. And there you go with that, with that showmanship, oh, yeah, right? Okay. He, yeah. he, he delivered the whole thing. So he made the foundation. Um, and did you know his song, Johnny Be Good, which was, again, we, we just played yep. and did the, uh, the Back to the Future reference. Yep. It is the only rock and roll song on the Voyager Golden Record. Do you know what the Voyager I Golden d- Record I is? I do know that. So that's the record. Put together by Carl Sagan in that big group. Correct. That, right. Correct. Okay, that so went that, into orbit. And so, I know they wanted to do Here Comes the Sun, but he, it got voted off and a couple other stuff went on instead. Did Johnny Good, Johnny Good made it? So, yes. Yeah, so wow, wow. It, it is on the Space Pro Voyager 1, which is now outside of the solar system. So for, for, the, for your younger listeners, yeah. um, it was a, 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 a satellite, essentially, or a probe that was launched in 1977. So it's older than one of us here. <laughs> Not the other one. <laughs> That's right. That's the guy true. talking. Um, but uh, again, it's past all the planets now. It's the farthest man-made object from Earth oh, currently. Get out of here. That's awesome. Um, so it's taken a bunch of pictures of the planets on its journey. It's now it's, it's essentially a time capsule of Earth. Okay. Yep. So someday, maybe millions of years in the future, if an extraterrestrial <laughs> intercepts the spacecraft, okay, they can play this record and hear the sounds of Earth. So on there, there's whale noises. There's waves crashing. There's birds chirping, thunder clapping. There's spoken greetings in 55 different world no languages. Way. Yep. And then we gave the aliens a little smattering of our music. Okay. There's Bach. There's Beethoven. There's Mozart. So, so, so the big three of, of the classicals, all representative. There's Chinese zither from Guan Ping Hu. There's blues from Blind Willie Johnson. There's Hungarian folk from Vaila Balanska. Somebody's, the Hungarians are going to skewer me for that. Hopefully you're not that high there. And then, then the controversial tune from Barry. And it was controversial because rock and roll, even in 1977, was considered an adolescent genre. And think about that today, right? This wow. is what we, yeah. we live and breathe because yeah. we've known it our whole lives, right? So and when Carl Sagan was, was approached with that, with that thought of, hey, it's adolescent. Why you put it on there? He said, he, and Carl Sagan's a famous astronomer. Um, he commissioned the gold record. and He said, "There's a lot of adolescents on the planet, so why wouldn't I put it on there?" That's pretty good. Um, so you know, Chuck is like he's a he's like a relic now, obviously, right? And like you said, he passed away, uh, you know, fairly recently. Yep, seventeen. Um, but I will tell you, when the ETs phone home, yep. uh, grab this record and spin it. You know, they are going to love Johnny Be Good as mm-hmm. much as anything else I totally on that agree. record, right? I totally agree. So the toes, the, if they have them, they'll be tapping. The influence that he had, you had talked about some of the uh, artists that came after these guys, like the Stones, you, you know how, how big of an influence to Keith Richards, the guitarist for the Rolling Stones. Right. I mean, he's like a Chuck Berry, like nut. The, the, it go, the list goes on and on and on, not just for his showmanship, not just for his guitar playing, but also his songwriting. He wrote every one of these songs. Right. This is, I mean, that was a very big deal for back then. Right. And I don't know if he gets quite the appreciation for that um, as he deserves. I don't know if that's talked about as, as much. Pro- probably not. I mean, I think part of part of his legacy has been lost a little he's, bit. He's nicknamed the father of rock and roll, and I think yep. that's really fair. Yeah. The king of rock and roll, of course, is Elvis, and that's more than <laughs> Zeus. The Zeus. <laughs> the Zeus. But he's the father. So, so far, we're okay with that one. Yeah, uh, of course. Yep. Okay, so Chuck right. Berry. Chuck Berry, Chuck for Berry, sure. Well, so We're both in agreement. He, he has chiseled in on, on, on mm-hmm. both of our Mount Rushmore. All right, so now the one, until we get to the unknowns, okay. I know that you chose Buddy Holly. So can I, can I push you as to telling me why he makes your list, but he doesn't make mine? Sure. And, and again, part of this is going to be personal, right? Yep. Um, so, all right, let's talk about Buddy Holly. So Buddy Holly, um, 
He was born in Lubbock, Texas. He opened for one of your Mount Rushmore guys, Elvis, back in 1955 when he was just 19 years old. Um, He decided he would pursue music full-time after that, and he started writing his own stuff, composer, which I like. He is often credited with being the progenitor of the band, so this is a big part for me, that is two guitars, one bass, and a drummer. Okay. So you're not going to hear the horns in his stuff. Right. You're not going to hear the keyboards, right, or the piano. He was, you know, you got a little rock belly to it, right? Yeah, yeah. There's um, definitely some country. So, there. Yep. so his whole thing and kind of gave birth to what we know as as the cra- the, the classic rock lineup, okay. just to say. So, with that, let me get into my first song from him. See if you know this one. I'm sure you will. Everybody, nice little riff in, in there, right? By the way, on my Mount Rushmore, he gets honorable mention. He's definitely okay. there somewhere. So he's, he's not one of the four, but he's there. That's, that's okay. He's in the park. Great tune. Do you know Buddy Holly? I do know Buddy Holly. Do you know him? Yeah. Just, you know, could be... So um, he wrote this in 1956. He recorded it in 1957 with his band, The Crickets. Yep. Do you know why they're called The Crickets? I don't. Would you like to know? I would love to. When they were recording that song, they were recording it in a shed. And they had, in order to dampen the music and the, the sound, they put these mattresses and pads and stuff all around the shed. But there was a cricket that they couldn't find. And they left oh. it in the recording and they said, we're just going to call ourselves The Crickets. No kid. So yeah. that, that'll be the day? That, yeah. that song specifically? Yeah. Wow. I, I did not know yeah, that. It's pretty cool. Very nice. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's probably his most well-known tune, I would say, I would say, think right? so, yeah. Um, it's rock and roll. Um, but it's, again, it's got that rockabilly flavor sort of to it. I have it, no problem with him at all. I'm just wondering why he makes your list of just like, what, what is it? What is it? The music? Is it so, him? Is it what? what is again, it? again, I, I like the fact that he started kind of that, kind of that modern, you know, or, or what we know, at least in the 60s, 70s, as, as kind of the contemporary rock band with, with the guitars, bass, drums. Um, do I know other Buddy Holly songs? Because I know that one. I'm going to play I another one for you that, that hopefully you do. Um, he's got some roots in country, and so you see a little bit of that in display here. Yep. Um, you know, so when he blends that in the R&B, I mean, it gives you a tune that, that I mean, that, that tune's a pillar of rock and roll right there. Sure. And, um, did you know it was the first song ever recorded by the Quarry Men? No, I did not know that. You know the Quarry Men are? Yeah. So that was the Beatles. So if you have Anthology, the Anthology yeah. discs, yeah. the very first song on there is, is, their, the is their recording of oh, That'll Be The Day. Cool. So he clearly had a huge, huge influence on the Beatles, who again huh. I, I regard as, as the best you know, rock and roll for band sure. of all time. Sure. Um, so I think that, that's a big piece of it too for me, is that the Beatles looked up to him as, as much as they did. Um, here's the other thing. So I love the movie. You talked about Richie Valens earlier. Yeah, I love the movie La Bamba. Growing mm. up, yeah, great movie. Um, I know it's about Richie, who was also also tremendous, right? Um, but that seeing that movie was really my first exposure to Buddy Holly because you know he played. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think it was Marshall Crenshaw that played him in the movie. Um, and so the summer that La Bamba came out it was 1987. I was in middle school, and I was finally at the point where I was able to do things like on, on my own. I didn't have to have my right. parents with me all the right. time. So um, you know, my mom could drop me off at a friend at the movies. And we get picked up later, right? So that was a huge thing, like freedom. It's a big yeah. deal. Uh, so I don't think I would 
do this today with my own kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it was yeah. a simpler Different time, time back then, yeah. right? Uh, so my buddy Mike and I, we used to go to Countryside Lakes 4. Do you remember that, that I do. movie theater? So I that do. was the one across the street from yep. the old Countryside Mall. Yep. Um, so it wasn't the big movie theater, like the Countryside 6, yep. the AMC. Yep. Um, but like my mom, you know, she'd give us 10 bucks, right? We could get movie tickets, bucket of popcorn, couple of Cokes, mm-hmm. and we're all good. And in the summers here in Florida, as you guys know, your, mm-hmm. your listeners should know, it's extremely hot here so to get out of the, out of the you know the summer heat get into the movie theater it's dark it's is cool it big, yeah, is, is so we watched that movie that year we watched um can't buy me love came out yeah. that same summer is that nick cage no can't, no. can't buy patrick dempsey, oh, patrick dempsey that's so right. that was the movie where he was like the nerd and, oh i love can't buy me and love. He, yeah 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 and, right, and he bought right, he bought right, the uh the dress for the for, for the head of the cheerleaders wine, or whatever she's still wine on it so what was be, the one i'm talking about with nick cage when he was plays the raised in arizona no 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 the one where he uh, he writes her. It goes back to the fifties, and then he he. Oh, he, Peggy Sue got married. Peggy Sue got married. Buddy Holly. God, so I, was God, saying, I, I was thinking that's what you were going to go with. That should have been perfect. God. No, um, another movie we saw, Back to the Beach. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't see that one. So Annette Funicello oh, oh, and oh, yes, and yes, um, yes. Frankie Avalon, yes. right? Yeah. It was like their kind of comeback thing, and they yep. like involved their kids in it, like back to the <laughs> you know the surf rock of the sixties. Was Grape Sapphire in that era also? Sure, I feel yes. like it was around yeah. then. Yeah, it was God, it, that was a great. Oh, movie back too. to the Beach was terrible, um, but <laughs> La Bamba that was the best movie we saw that summer. Okay. Um, it really resonated with me, you know, um, and you know when Richie. Big Bopper and Buddy went down that plane crash. I mean, that mm. totally yeah. bummed me out. Um, so I, I started appreciating music from all three of them after that because I didn't know anything about them prior. Yeah. But when I listened, and so I started listening to their songs. What what drew me more than any any of the other two is is, is Buddy That's stuff. Wild. So mm-hmm. that yep. movie, do you think, led you a little bit more to exploring Buddy Holly? Like, a- yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. And so, so do you know? Can I just make a little side tangent? Yes. Do you know the group Dion and the Belmonts? Sure, of course. Okay. Runaway? Like uh like Run Around Sue? Run Around Sue, sorry. Yeah. Or The Wanderer? The Wanderer, yes. So my dad plays a lot of those songs. Okay. And he plays a lot of them on stage and he will frequently tell the story that Dion was supposed to be on that plane. Really? But it was forty dollars to take the plane flight. Okay. And he said that was his parents' rent sure. in 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 the Bronx, I think it was the Bronx or Brooklyn. Sure. That that he was like, I can't spend that for one paint plane fight. He's like, no, forget it. I'll just take the bus. And he goes, because of that, he goes, I would have been. Otherwise, I would have been on that plane. There you go. Isn't that crazy? Mm. But he didn't lose the coin flip though. Like, I, no, I, that's I can't right. The guy that lost the coin yeah. flip. Um, so anyway, so that that helped give me a big appreciation for Buddy Holly growing up. What's and your then, favorite Buddy Holly song? So we're gonna play that next, and it's one that I played on the last podcast too. But um, it is so clear the the influence he had on so many artists, and this second tune. Um, again, we talked about it in the Dead podcast, <laughs> but this is to me one of the greatest rock and roll songs from that era. Got a little Bo Diddley in that beat, definitely it? Bo Diddley. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you how it's gonna be. Great song. I can't say I've ever heard that song before. So this is not Fade Away. Yeah, great song. Um, like I said, we talked about it in the Dead podcast. They still play it to this day. Get that little guitar fill you know, in, in between the percussion. Nope, great song. Can you play? Can you play Peggy Sue for me? Uh, I can when I find it.
Here's Peggy Sue. Oh, I like, I know the song. I do like this Do you know this one? I do know the song. If you knew Peggy Sue, then you'd know why I feel blue without Peggy. My Peggy Sue. Such a good tune. Same thing. You got, you got, you got a really cool percussion here, too. Right? Kind of yeah. understated bass. Also great tune. Um, on back to not fade away. So drummer Jerry Allison accentuated that beat. He thumped on a cardboard box. So when oh, you hear that no beat, yeah, yeah. Stones also recorded it. So hmm. big song for them on on an album there in the sixties. They had Stephen Stills record it. Tanya Tucker. It is ranked number one hundred and seven uh, on the last iteration of the Rolling Stones. That's 500 songs. I don't know if it was on this latest one, um, but it's, it's clearly got a big legacy with a lot of the, again, the rock and roll greats. I have no problem with that song. No problem 60, with Buddy so. Holly. He doesn't make the top four, but I got no problem with him whatsoever. So, you know, as did Buddy, so many of his, you know, emulated his band setup, his tone, his whole persona. I mean, Elvis Costello even tried to look like him, yeah, right? That's true. Um, so he's a titan of rock and roll for me. So yeah, he's, yeah, I, he, I, I he, he's my second guy chiseled on there. Okay. All right. Um, let me, let me say this. He, he deserves honorable mention. He definitely is way up there. He didn't make my top four. He would make my top seven. Well, and he, I'll give you that. He was, <laughs> one, it's the best he, was, he was one of the first ten <laughs> inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? He was yeah, part, he was part of, that, of that inaugural class. And definitely class. Yeah. deserves it. All right. Um, so are, you ready, are you ready for your next one? And by the way, Elvis was also in that top ten, too. Elvis was in that top yeah. ten. Of course. Um, before we get into the now the unknowns, yes, can can I do this? Uh, there's a service out there called Top Forty Weekly that ranks artists and does it in a kind of an, a neat way. They've been doing it this way since 2013, and they take charting top forty songs with a goal to create the most comprehensive way of ranking what really is the most popular because they use an invert an inverse point system, meaning. Okay. Uh, depending on where they land. So songs that land at number one earn 40 points. Songs that land at number 40 earn one point. So it's, so it's like a reverse. It's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, reverse, sure. right? Okay. okay. Then if it debuts between 11 and 40, they get points for that. If it's top 10, they get more points for that. Okay. The number one artist of the 50s when using that ranking system is Elvis Presley, which I don't think is any shock to you. No, not right? a shock okay. at all. No. Number two... And don't tell me if any of these people make you the ones the unknown. I just want to okay. say this. Okay? okay, okay. Is Fats Domino. Okay. Okay. Number three is Chuck Berry. Okay. So far, so good. Number four is Little Richard. Five is the Elverly Brothers. Six is Bill Haley and his Comets. Seven is Ray Charles. Eight is Buddy Holly. Okay. Now, nine, the Clovers. Then the Platters. Billy Ward. Ruth Brown. 13, Bo Diddley. Jerry Lee Lewis. 15, Sam Cooke. 16, Hank Ballard. Uh, Johnny Otis. Number 18, Ricky Nelson, who I really like. Okay. I really like. He's yeah. like a, a junior, more likable Elvis. Okay. 19, Big Joe Turner. Number 20, The Drifters. Okay. okay? Those, now, does it make your top 20? Of, of those 20, does it make your... Did I name the two artists there? Oh, yeah. Mine are, mine are both in, in what okay, you named. As are mine. Okay. Do I need to give you... No, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell me. I just wanted to know if if it makes it that if if that made your list or yeah. if it made your list. Okay, all right. Uh, can I you want, can I go next? 
Yeah, why don't you go, Jason? Can I get, since you gave me yours? Absolutely. Why don't you go with one and then we'll... All right. I would like to put on my... I would like to get my chisel guy to get up there and start carving two busts. Because two? I, two. Because you're going to need two... For this one... For, for the Everly Brothers. Uh, and being that there's two, I you got to have two of them. A little surprised. Is that... You're surprised? I'm surprised. I am surprised, I am surprised too, Not actually. on my list, but, but I'm surprised. Also, okay. also in the first yep. inaugural. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, right. yeah, okay. So, yep, go ahead. Um, Don and Phil Everly. Now, I, I gotta say, I really debated between these guys and Ray Charles, and I did not include Ray Charles. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I thought for sure Ray Charles was gonna no. be one of yours. And here's why while he had massive hits in the yep. 50s, he was more of a 60s so, artist for me. Which is why he doesn't and I, make mine. I, okay, it made my blood boil. I felt like I was hurting a friend. Yeah. It was awful. I have massive problems with this. Like, it's really grumpy. But I had to stay true to the decade. And I said, no, he was bigger for me in the 60s. For me, I wasn't there. But you know okay. what I mean. To me, for the 60s representative. And I have to give the Everly Brothers their props. Okay. Because what they did specifically for harmonies okay. to me and the artists that were influenced by them was to me more impactful. I like so it. I don't know if everybody and, and, and I'm totally go good with them sharing a spot because I think that makes Is that total okay? sense. Yeah, I you, can do yeah, that. You can't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm embarrassed to ask. So they are rock and roll? Yeah. Yes. I would say they're a bridge between country, some folk, and definitely rock and roll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the thing you got to know about them really is the fact that they are two brothers that sing in a very particular harmony style. And it's a very parallel harmony style. And what that means is a lot of times you'll have a lead singer that will sing the melody or sing the phrase or sing the line. And then you'll have backup singers that will sing like oohs and ahs. And maybe we'll put some harmony on a couple of different words or phrases they literally sing every single note, every word together, but separated by usually a third of, of, of a measure. So if someone's in the one, then someone else will be in the third, in the three note, mm -hmm. right? So I, I, a great example is their 1957 hit, Bye Bye Love. 30 other artists declined to make this record. They did, and it was a number... Number two hit behind Elvis's Let Me Be Your Teddy Bear. Mm. There would be no Simon and Garfunkel without these guys. That's a great point. That's a really good point. Everybody, I think, knows this one as well. And the, that guitar strumming. Yeah. What they would actually do is... Phil, for example, would play a standard-tuned acoustic guitar. Okay. And then his brother, Don, would play usually a capoed version of something or detune his guitar a little bit to play it differently. Okay. So even their guitars were in harmony in oh, some wow. way. So that when they sang together and when the guitars played together, it was so rich. The sound was so full and distinct. Mama, what are we gonna tell your papa? What are we gonna tell our friends when they say... It's, it, this is probably it's roots my rock favorite. Song. There's no doubt about Listen it. Listen to the harmonies. Dream, 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 dream. It's just so dream, good. Dream, dream, when I want you. 
Keith Richards called Don Everly one of the finest rhythm guitar players ever. The Everly Brothers had 35 Billboard Top 100 singles. Okay. 26 of them were in the top 40. They hold the record for the most top uh, 100 singles by any duo. Really? And only trail Hall and Oates for the most top 40 singles. Well, how can you expect duo. to beat Hall and Oates? <laughs> I, I mean, know, come on, I know. right? I know, this is so true. Um, and yes, they were one of the first 10 artists to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. They were introduced by Neil Young, who observed that every musical group he had ever belonged to tried and failed to copy the Everly Brothers' harmonies. So, for me, harmonies. and because I am a harmony like, it melts yeah. my heart when people hit right harmonies. It's yeah. just, it's just like one plus one equals three for me. I gotta put them on the on the block. I, very fair. Cool. All right. I just I, I gotta plead a little ignorance. I don't know the ever. I mean, I, I've listened. Obviously, I know all the songs mm-hmm. you played, right? Right. But I don't have any real good in depth knowledge of the Everlys, um, and didn't know until I researched this last night that they were in that first mm-hmm. top yeah. ten. Inducted uh, by Neil Young. Inducted by they were indeed inducted by Neil Young. Um, yeah. But Same. I mean, listen, just listen. Oh, oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, oh, they could rock too. I mean. I got a brand new baby. I can go on and on and on. And Lennon and McCartney did a lot of the, you know, uh, of the harmonizing, right? And I'm sure they they picked up a lot from the Everly Brothers as well. They, they absolutely Nash, did. Right? They absolutely did. In fact, the music of the Everly Brothers influenced the Beatles, who referred themselves as the British Everly Brothers. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, when Paul McCartney and John Lennon were hitchhiking south to a talent competition, they did "Please Please Me" and "Kathy's Clown." By the Everly Brothers. That's right. So there you go. All right. Excellent. Give me yours. All right. Give me the unknown. Although I do feel we have to have some overlap. I feel like one of ours is going to be on the I will think so, but like I said, I did not guess that that would be one of yours. Okay. Okay. All right. Where are you going to take me? Okay. Let's see. So I'm going to start my third Mount Rushmore nominee here by playing my first song. I'm not even going to say who it is yet. Oh, okay. Um, I want to set a scene here. All right. Okay. Yep. So imagine it's 1955, okay. and you've heard some of the newfangled rock and roll, like perhaps Rock Around the Clock Bill Haley. by Bill Haley and his mm-hmm. Comets. Yep. Maybe you've heard Rocket 88 by Jackie Brenston and his Delta Cats. Well, you know why you don't know who those guys are? No. Because it's actually Ike Turner and the Rhythm Kings. And so, wait, why did Ike think that Jackie Brenston was a cooler name than Ike Turner? <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. Have you heard Rocket 88, though? No, I don't think so. I didn't, you know what? I should have probably played it. I didn't, I didn't bring it with me. Um, but it's, it's a great song and considered to be one of the, you know, one of the first no you know, rock okay. songs. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Really good song. Okay. Um, but anyways, rock is still somewhat new, right? I mean, you have Elvis is coming onto the scene, um, but when the DJ, you know, from the radio station puts this on, I can't imagine what people thought when they first heard this. Oh, I'm excited. All right, of course. <laughs> yep, that's fair. That's fair. He was definitely a contender. He's not on yours. No, I thought for sure. No, you and I had both nope. had him. No. 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 Is this, this is little, little, little Richard? Richard. Okay. No, very fair. Again, number four on the list that I told you, and absolutely deserves honorable mention. Fair. I have, I have right, no, I have nothing to say. We, we gotta go through this. Right, go, come on. So, I mean, listen to that. I know the passion. And the, you ever see? You ever see any live performance of him banging on the piano? It's unbelievable. So, it had to be. All right, it had to be absolutely mind blowing. Right, where. 
this guy, he's loud, yep. but he's still so melodic. Yeah. And he's standing up at that piano, just like you said. He's yeah. wailing away at that thing. Yeah. He does like a roundhouse kick over top <laughs> yeah. of the keys, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Richard Penniman, a.k.a. Little Richard, yep. who sang that song, Tutti Frutti, to me, he was the archetype for famous frontmen. So we talked about oh, the frontman so thing. Either. Gonna yeah. be your guy. I think he is the best frontman, or he was the guy that set the stage. I know Elvis did too, but... When you talk about like Mick Jagger, the guys that had swagger, right? Yeah, okay. Mick Jagger, yeah. James Brown, Otis Redding, yeah. Roger Daltrey swinging that um, yeah. that microphone, Robert Plant, mm. Freddie Mercury, Michael Jackson, even to a degree, Prince, yeah, right. And Not afraid to let it all out and just go crazy. Even the guy from Cameo, <laughs> word up. I don't know his name, yeah, but um, <laughs> I mean, I think Little Richard turned the world of music on its ear with that tune. Um, to me, like you know, because I've heard people talk about it. Uh, Tony, Korn, you know Tony Kornheiser, the the sportscaster. You know he no. mentions um, often about how you know when he heard that when he heard Little Richard for the first time, it was just like you know mind bending. So, you know, for us at our age, I guess the closest thing that would have come to it, but it, it didn't affect me like this. But like Nirvana's "Smells Like Teen Spirit," right when that no, debuted, no, and, no. and the That's moody, and the it's introduction different. of grunge, yeah. or but but I think people. People heard that song and saw a shift, a oh, seismic see, shift. This is something different, right? Okay, a right, seismic shift. Right. Okay, okay. And uh, the other one, maybe like NWA Straight Outta Compton or something like yeah. that, right? Whoa, where, where, where you had this seismic shift in music, and to me, that song and the way that he played it, and you know, if you see the old videos, just like you said yeah. of him, it, I think it changed music forever. No debate. Um, I, I no doubt you're you're absolutely right about that. I. The only reason I would say that Elvis was bigger is because he had more appeal at the time to everyone. There was something about his look, whereas I, I and I, I, I struggle to 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 uh, put this in the right phrasing. Little Richard to me was a newer Cab Calloway. Okay. Okay. Where you've got a very energetic, soulful, loud, yelling. Passionate frontman, right? Singing energetic, awesome, passionate songs. Okay, there's nothing. It's rock and roll, and he deserves to be up there. But there was nobody that was doing what Elvis did before. That's so, why. so you like you like Elvis as a frontman. I still got to give Elvis the frontman, hmm. and, and and think he influenced uh, yeah all the all, all the rock and roll guys. In 1956, than... when he came out with his Elvis Elvis Presley self titled with him, he's holding yeah, the, yeah. the acoustic guitar. Yep. The guitar sales. That's the reason that people wanted right. a guitar as a frontman because of that album cover. Elvis wasn't even that good of a guitar player. Right. Just him holding it. That look is what people wanted. Nobody rushed out to buy a piano because of Little Richard. Now, I grant okay. you, I grant you, he has an influence, his soul, what he did from from taking blues songs. I mean, it's amazing. He's amazing. So when so this song was added to the Library of Congress in 2010, okay. and they claimed that it was his unique vocalizing over the irresistible beat, yeah. right, that announced an entirely new era in music. And so that's why they inducted you know th this song into there because of, of kind of the game changer it was. Um, true, true, true. He he. he and and he, by the way, by the way, we're, I mean, we're he, really, wrote, we're, he wrote he wrote that song. Okay. So he, okay. He, <laughs> okay. He writes his own stuff. So whereas right. Elvis, somebody gave it to him. Yeah. Nope. That's fair. And I know so that's not, very not, big. So not 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 only okay. not okay. only was he was he the front man, you know, with, with yes. his with his brashness, but he also he also wrote the song. Let okay. me do one more. Please. Let me do one more. Little Richard yeah, for what's, you. What's your other Little Richard songs that you really like? So, and I only I, li I limited everything to two. I know we wanted to keep it somewhat tight. So let me let me give you my second one. Okay. Gonna tell and yeah, great song. 
Great song. And again, there's that one, four, five, that, that yep. fast blues. That, that is very, band. that is Chuck Berry style. Great. That, those, those big stops. Those high notes. I mean, he, he, right, he gets it all. My, okay, my favorite Little Richard song, though, right, is Lucille, which is an excellent song. That, for me, I don't know. if You can't sit still to that song. I mean, you want to talk about energy. Listen to the, listen to the good shuffle. Uh, good shuffle too, right? And those high notes on the piano, there's you know he's smacking that. Oh yeah. Right here. So good. And talk about yelling in key. I can't argue with you. I really can't argue with you. I thought for sure he was no, on I'm your sorry. list. No. We'll see if, if our last one's match, but okay. I thought we had one more. Um, you ran off of Mary, but I love you still. So <laughs> here, like, like when we listened to Long Tall Sally earlier. Yep. So when Long Tall Sally, she's built for speed. She got everything that Uncle John needs, man. I mean, so like he he was hitting some mature themes, <laughs> That's right? True. That's true. And that tempo in it. Um, Little Richard, he was the self-proclaimed. He proclaimed it himself, the architect of rock and roll. Um, but I'll tell you what, if you ask Lennon McCartney, they do a lot. A oh, lot yeah. of Little Richard stuff as sure. well. So I'm sure they would have told you the same. Yep. He, he was the architect. All right, so we have the king of rock and roll in Elvis. Yes, okay. we got the father of rock and roll yep. in Chuck Berry. We've got the architect of rock and roll. Okay, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. In, okay, in, that. uh, in Little Richard. So, all right. One more. One Is more it, each. Are we going to agree on this last one? Oh, man. I don't know. All right, my last... Uh, I guess he would be the fifth person since the Everly Brothers count as a two-headed... As two, yep. Two-headed one person there. Uh, has to be, and, and and again, I struggled with this. I got angry at myself and this whole process because you had said rock and roll, and I probably did not adhere to it as much with this particular pick. Okay. But for me, I have to include most impactful on rock and roll, 1950s Sam Cooke. Hmm. I have to. Now, granted, he's not necessarily rock and roll. He, he's soul music right. for me. But... I could play you songs that are just as rocking as the ones that you just played sure. from Sam. And the stuff that he influenced after he died right. in 64, and this was the other hard thing, because really 57 to 64 is when yeah. he really participated. Yeah. So I was, it was really limited here. This is why it was really tough for me. I was like, well, does it go, do I go Ray Charles? But I have to, I have to put him in there okay. to represent the different facets. This is where my head went. The different facets of what rock and roll means to me. Rock and roll doesn't just mean... You know Elvis Presley. It yeah. doesn't just mean you know hard rock, or it has some. Sometimes it can be soulful. Sometimes it can be like the Everly Brothers. It can be a little bit of country, or like your buddy Holly has a little bit of country roots. There's sure. Like, it can be a little bit of that. It sure. could be. It could be very R and B, like like Little Richard is. So right. I have to. I want to include one for each of those segments of what I think rock and roll all encompasses. Okay. So I had to put Sam Cooke there. That hard to argue for me. You know, I just listened to the Sam Cooke. Uh, episode Podcast? yes, That's I think a, a day or two ago. I really enjoyed that. Okay. Cra- crazy life story of his. Yeah, and, yeah. and and I would say so. Sam Cooke for me, I I associated more with the sixties, probably because uh, change is going to come, right? Yeah, and yep. Yep. and so I would put him on my sixties hmm. soul Mount Rushmore oh, for sure. Soul uh, and R&B. Yep, got it. Maybe okay. we need to do that one someday too. That's fine, and I get it. But when you play songs like this, 
What year was this? 59. Let me tell you about a place. It's rocking. Now, when's the first time you heard this song? Going movies again. Oh, then no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember it from a movie. Inner Space. Did you ever see the? Oh, with, I love with Dennis Quaid. Martin, yes, Martin Short. Oh, is it in Inner there? Space. Yeah, because uh, Dennis Quaid's character <laughs> loved. So no, I don't remember Sam Cook, and 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 there's Martin Short dancing around to it. Come on, nah, he's great. Right, you gotta, yeah, I gotta watch Inner Space again. Soon. I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, there, some of them are a little slower and a little bit more soulful. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But for me. I've got to put him on on the Rushmore. Yeah. Now, I, here's I, here's what bothered me, which means that I had to exclude. I didn't put. Uh, um, I didn't. Do, I didn't do Little Richard. I didn't do Ray Charles. I didn't do Ricky Nelson. I didn't put Bo Diddley on there, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I had to. And, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Now, I don't really particularly like Jerry Lee Lewis, but I mean, you have to give them their due. So for me, I had to put Sam Cooke. And if you want to learn more about Sam Cooke, you obviously can listen to the podcast. I'm not going to go through it here. Great. Because it's, it's, great podcast, by the way. It's not I, I highly encourage anybody who hasn't listened to it to listen to it. it. Yeah. His story is pretty pretty amazing. But for me, he's a rocking dude. Not as hard of a rocker, no, but, but that's so rock. formational. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Everybody's swinging. Right. All right, so I love it. I'm going to give you the last one. Okay. Obviously, we didn't agree. Where did you go? Do you have any guesses? Oh, man. All right. Well, let's go. Let's go through the top ten of that, that were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. Go ahead. All right. Yep. Chuck Berry. Yep. We agree. We agree. I think we Jay- agree. Great. That's our biggest agreement. I would mm-hmm. think. Absolutely. Well, I think it was our only agreement. Right. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. James Brown, who, again, I associate James more with the 60s, I think. Me too. Which is why I didn't put him in there. Yep. Um, Ray Charles, just like we, you. Yeah, I'm angry. I'm I, angry at myself. I, but I associate him more with the uh, modern sounds and country, country and Western music. That album yeah. is... Yeah, that, that's a life changer, that one. Yeah. That, that, that fantastic album. Um, Sam Cooke, who you just said. Okay. The Everly Brothers, yep. who's also on your list. Yep. Buddy Holly, who's on my list. Yep. Jerry Lee Lewis, who neither of us had, but right. he was there in the first. Little Richard, yep. on my list. Elvis Presley, on yours. Yeah. We're missing one, and he's, on, he's my fourth. And he is? You want to take a guess? No. He was a gentleman born in New Orleans by the name of Antoine Dominique <laughs> yeah. Domino. I have no... A.K.A. Fat Domino. <laughs> I got no problem with this at all. So all right. a guy who I don't think gets near enough no, credit for his influence on the genre. It doesn't. Right? It doesn't. No. Um, and like my other three choices, and yours too, like I said, he was in that inaugural group of the of the uh, Hall of Fame. And so we're doing something right here. I think we got, yeah. you know, I think I think we did a decent job. And part of it, I don't think you hear much about Fats because he is far less assuming than his counterparts, like Little Richard, like Chuck Berry. Like Elvis, right? Wasn't as as outward and and you know. You think kind that's of, what it is? I th- I mean I think that I think it's a big part of it, right? Because yeah, it's it's sad in a way that he doesn't get the credit that well, some of the others do. I mean, well, think of the it. The music buffs know him for sure. Correct. And understand what he did and the influence that he. But made. remember, I mean, you know, and probably starting with your boy Elvis is it became more, it wasn't just a, an audio medium anymore, right? It was right. a visual medium too. Right, right, right. And I mean, today, like I think half the 
artists that get out there, it's more because of their looks and, and, and you know, what they it, are it, versus... It's not more than that. If It's more of their, like, um, Instagram and Facebook presence right. and social media exposure than right. it is the music that they're it, making. It's marketing, man. It's marketing. Marketing yeah. drives the whole yeah. thing. So right. that's wasn't that guy. Um, you know, and, and he didn't die in a plane crash like Body Holly, right. you know, so he didn't get that sort of notoriety. Um, wasn't a guy that was grabbing for the limelight. His music instead really tells the full scale of his influence. So right at the end of the 40s, what a voice. December 10th, 1949 to be exact, Fats released this tune, which is debated, along with the other ones I talked about earlier, as the first rock and roll song. Oh, come on. This is 49? December 10th, 1949. No way. Do you hear that? That There we go. Going to 145. Yeah. 145. Yeah. Tickling those ivories, man. For sure. But again, he wasn't kicking his leg up over this him. Is, this is crazy for 49. His voice is underrated, too. Oh, yeah. That's not him. It's him. What? 49. Wow. Weighs 200 pounds. I think he was underestimating himself a little bit. <laughs> you don't get the name Fats when you're 200 yeah, pounds. Yeah, no kidding. I don't know that song. So, I did not know that song. Again. What's the name of that song? It's called The Fat Man. No, it isn't. It's, yeah. The Fat Man is, is the name of the song. Oh, I did not know that. Um, so, regard, debated. Nobody knows what the, right? Nobody can, yeah, can, you, yeah, can decide completely on what was the first rock and roll song. Sure. That is definitely in the mix. Um, so, yeah, and he was so modest, even though folks said, you know, you're one of the creators of rock and roll. And what he replied was, I wasn't doing anything but the same rhythm and blues that I had been playing down in New Orleans. Wow. So, um, let me read you a quote by famed music critic Robert is it Christgau. Christgau, I don't know. He's famous uh, music critic from like sixties and seventies. He's still alive today, um, but he expounds on this for Fats a little bit. He says, you know, warm and unthreatening, even by inten- intensely congenial standards of, of New Orleans, he's remembered with fond uh, condensation as or condescension as significantly less innovative innovative than his un- uncommercial compatriots like Professor Longhair and James Booker. But through his bouncy, boogie-woogie piano and easy Creole gait were uh, generically Ninth Ward, that defined a pop-friendly second-line beat that nobody knew was there before he and Dave Bartholomew created The Fat Man in 1949. In wow. short, this shy, deferential, uncharismatic man invented New Orleans rock and roll wow. with The Fat Man. So. Okay. My next tune from him is probably his most famous. I'm sure you guys should know it. Okay. Blueberry Hill? It is not. No. But I think if you pulled anybody Walking off the street, you they should know this. Oh, good. Me cry when you see it. That's the voice I know. Goodbye. that a shame? Great tune. Listen, he ranked number two in that ranking system that I told you from Top 40 Weekly. Number two under Elvis was Fast Domino. I know what I said. I was actually kind of surprised. It's crazy. So why then did he not make yours, Jason? I think it's probably more of a personal thing. I, I love a lot of his music, but there's probably five songs that I'm like, are amazed by. There's 40 Elvis songs right. that I'm amazed by. There's two dozen Chuck Berry songs that I can't live without. Like those kinds of, they were impactful for me. So then I said, what is my right. 
Mount Rushmore look like, mm. and that's why I couldn't put Fats on there. But does he deserve mention? Absolutely. See, I would say he probably like. I think he'd be uh, my equivalent of the Everly Brothers for you. Oh, okay. Where again, just you know, I know Fats inside and out. I've been listening to him for years. Yeah. yeah. Where, and like the Everly Brothers, I just didn't have a great you know, like you said, five songs from Fats. I probably know five songs from the Everly, Everly Brothers. So. I got you. Um, but again, he influenced like my all my dad, other picks. My dad, sorry, oh, go ahead, Everly go ahead. Brothers. My dad gave me a cassette when I was eight. Of the Everly Brothers, and he goes, yep. "Listen, just listen to this." Yeah, and I was like, well, "All right," and I put it in. And I was, and I knew it front to back, and that's just mm-hmm. it was influential to me. It was just those harmonies stuck in my head. I knew that as music, so it was like foundational in that respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As was Ricky Nelson, as was Elvis, as was some of the tapes that I had. He just listened to this. I was like, "All right, whatever." And that's what I thought music was. I didn't even know there was radio. Right. Like, I, I didn't think of it things like that. I just, maybe I was even six or seven, to be honest with you, now that I'm thinking about it. And that's just what I listened to. So that's why it was influential. Now, if he had flipped me a Fats Domino tape, things right. might be Probably different. Would have, uh, things uh, might be different. different. thing, right? Yeah. Um, so, again, so he influenced like all of, all of the picks I've had so far. The Beatles, right? Yeah, the Beatles sure. played his stuff. Yeah. Um, artists like The Kinks, Cheap Trick, Willie Nelson, Neil Young, Nora Jones, they've all recorded his songs. And did you know, you probably do, the song Domino from right. one of your very favorite artists, sure. Van Morrison. Yeah. It's an homage to Fats. Hmm. I did not know that. Yes, it is indeed. So, um, I, again, I think our, our biggest difference in this whole thing is Elvis. And I will say um, that Fats, it, well, again, was the one that knocked Elvis off the Mount Rushmore for me. So it was between those two mm-hmm. that, that I you, got down to. Do you know the twist? Do you know Chubby Checker? Yes. The twist, that song? So right. Chubby Checker was so influenced by Fats, by Fats Domino. Domino. That's, that's why he named himself Chubby Fats Checker Domino. That's why he's Chubby Checker, because he's that influenced by Fats wow. Domino. I did not know that. Yes. that's why He's that big. Not necessarily to me, but to people, especially those like blues piano lovers. And Butch, by the way, you have two on your list. <laughs> Think about it with Little Richard with and Little Richard. Yeah, yeah. This is that's big for yeah. you. I didn't expect that from you. Um, and so, listen. Even Elvis, yeah, may have agreed with me about Domino <laughs> because he attended Fats did an Elvis show in 1969 in Vegas. And during the press conference afterwards, when a reporter addressed Presley as the King, Elvis said no, and he pointed at Domino and then stated. That's oh, the that's real king crazy. of rock and roll. Over that's there. really cool. And then he later added that Domino was a huge influence on him when he started out. Obviously, I can imagine. Um, all right, so my fifties Mount Rushmore top titans of rock and roll: Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, Little Richard, Fats Domino. If you're ready to go out, I can take you out on another no, Fats. Domino. I have. I you have, got. I have, you no, go. No, no. I have one. I have one you more go. thing I want you to do for me. Okay. What is your favorite song from each of those artists? From each of my four? Yeah. Uh, so Chuck, um, it's probably Promised Land again. Oh, they'd speak okay. bad, right? Pro- okay. Probably the Promised Land. Okay. Um, but Johnny Be Good is right there behind it. Okay. Um, Buddy Holly is not fade away without a doubt. Okay. Little Richard is Long Tall Sally. Great. Which I blame. Okay. And then and then Fats uh, is the song that I will play um, on the way out. Or, or you want to play right now? No, no. So okay. let me give you mine. So I will say my favorite. It's tough to yeah. decide. It, yeah. yeah, it's really tough. But I will say right now, as of the recording of this, my favorite uh, Everly Brothers song is Dream. All yeah. I have to do is Dream. It's a great song. Dream, dream, dream. Yeah, I would say that. I would say for Sam Cooke. Mm. God, that's, that's a, a hard one to that's pick. That's a hard one. I, I, and if I have to stay in the 50s, then I can't do it. But um, 
Bring It On Home to Me is my favorite oh, Sam Cooke song. Too. For sure. Uh, my fa- favorite Elvis song. <laughs> also hard. I can't. I mean, there's 30, but if I had to, if I'm pressed and I must pick, Surrender comes to mind. Um, I Want You, I Need You, I Love You is phenomenal. Uh, I, I, that's too hard. That's just that's too hard. But my favorite Chuck Berry song is probably... I love how you put Kevin on the spot. I know, and then I don't even and know. And then you... <laughs> it's either no particular place to go, you never can tell. Oh, that's a great song. I that I almost did that. Actually, my second one, which I didn't play, was um, Rock and Roll Music. Oh, which great behind song. Too, great song. That one didn't... It doesn't have as much of the guitar part of it, but it showed that he still had that rock and roll chops. You know, there was, yeah. there was a lot of piano and stuff in it. Yeah. But he, his 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 voice and and kind of the whole way it's structured, you know, was still a big part of that. So. All right. So give me the one that you want to take us out. All right. With. So we'll take you out. This is my favorite. Great Fats job, Domino by song. the way. No, great, great job from you. Job. No, th- this was. Not I thought me. we were going to be much more in unison. I did too. I thought Little Richard. I thought he was going to be on your list. He that, deserves that's who to I be there, but he's just not for me. He deserves to be. If I were to create one that isn't sure. for me and it's for everyone, right? I'd put him up there. But because it's for me, I just I like some of the music from the other ones that I listed a little bit better. Well, gotcha. This was a real education for me. So what thanks you, to yeah, both of you. Right, well, you're very welcome. I am, I am so glad you were here yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, so exactly. all right, this is this is my favorite fat song, and I think what it does for me is that it blends. Kind of that that that, that true R and B sound, you know. Again, the, the whole New Orleans thing he's talking about, and brings us into you know the next era of rock and roll. This is called "Love Me." If you love me, you nice, great So, uh, with that, we will say thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.